Welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. I'm here with my IRL friend, Stoopy. Uh, we went today to a launch of a chapter of Workers Strike Back, which is Shama Swant's and Socialist Alternatives answer to where is the real organizing happening for people who are not in unions or for across unions or for all working people. Where is our party? Where is our way to organize? And it was in it was held at the Berkeley, the South Berkeley Library. And um there was there was probably what it would you say thirty people there about. I think it was more than that, maybe fifty. I don't know. Yeah, they batted estimating. That seems that seems that room was pretty full. All those chairs were pretty full up, and they had it. They had a they had a panel. Um, Erin was the first um, person. She kind of did an int little introduction uh, uh, to the video right the first woman's name i didn't catch her name i think it was a deal a deal uh, yeah yeah a deal is something like yeah a deal and she just did a basic introduction about what um workers strike back is and what it is um what it is being formed to do and i put the website in the show notes, but also I thought I would read the demands. And uh, wow, why is it not coming up? So at Worker Strike Back, <clears throat> Worker Strike Back org, you can see all of the demands. There's there's five five demands which are workers need a real raise good union jobs for all <clears throat> fight racism sexism and all oppression quality affordable housing and free health care for all no more sellouts we need a new party and it's being organized on the basis when we get organized and fight, we win. So I signed up on two different mailing lists. I don't know if they'll end up on the same mailing list or not. The Socialist Alternative chapter um, for the Bay Area was one of the hosts of the event. And so I signed up at their table. And then I also signed up on the Workers Strike Back to work on the campaign. And they already have a first, um, the first event for organizing, which is on going to be March 18th, which will be um, to support unionizing Amazon workers at the KVG Air Hub in North, in North Kentucky, which is the, I think she said the Cincinnati airport at the Cincinnati airport. Yep, that's right. So, so they're going to be, they're going to be 
doing a community canvas at the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland. And and I'm not exactly sure. So that so the flyer that I have, um, you can sign up for the canvassing and upcoming actions. Do you know what they're going to be doing at the canvassing? She said something about tabling, but I'm not sure what that means. Do you know? I should have asked. I thought it was just yeah, handing out papers and and uh, informing people about the the worker strike back movement. Right, right. Because one of the one of the focus right now is is showing solidarity for Amazon workplaces that are trying to unionize, including the one in Cincinnati. So that's an event that's going to be happening on the 18th in Oakland, and there may be other events. I suspect there will be other events um, at the other the other chapter locations. So the after after um, the deal talked, then um, Aaron kind of introduced briefly a video from the Workers Strike Back YouTube channel. Um, so you can go to the Workers Strike Back YouTube channel and see, see see the we watched like the first twelve or thirteen minutes of what looked like a longer um, rally that happened in Seattle, and it was Sharma Swant doing a doing her thing and being quite inspirational. And I can actually, I, do you think I should play that? It's kind of long. Um, yeah, go for it. Okay. So, so the, just to give a brief overview of the rest of the the rest of the meeting that we went to, there were um, two people, other people who spoke. One of whom um, works is on the union staff for the AFT, the union that represents community college instructors. I believe her name was Marianne and she gave a really interesting and uh, informative talk about um, her experience being a worker and, and uh, becoming to becoming a union steward and then moving up in union leadership and then eventually um, ending up with as being staff of on staff of the union. Um, the other person was, um, Dominique and Dominic and Dominic talked, was a leader with the UAW 2865-2835 the, that represents the graduate students that recently went on strike at the UC campuses here in California. I covered that on an earlier episode of Crowdsourcing Revolution. Um, and it was interesting. He, talk, he talked about how um, how that, that strike action happened and some of the things that, that went on that, that were where the university kept trying to claw back things from and and that the union leadership didn't stand as strong as the rank and file would have liked. It seemed to be a theme of the day that the leadership of most of the unions seem rather 
um, co-opted and cozy with the establishment Dem Democrats. And this is not good for the rank and file was seemed to be the general gist of that um, of that opinion. And and I think the um, there uh, Marianne also talked about the the movement for democratic union in the unions that she's part of and in the UAW and how rank and file members of m many of the large unions have been um, organizing internally to bring more democracy to their union decision-making processes because leadership is now cozy with um, the bosses and that's who they're supposed to be enemies with that's supposed to, that's they're supposed to represent workers and not be buddy buddy with the democratic party or um or corporations right because that kind of goes against what the workers actually need there was a there was a fundraising presentation because they are trying to raise money because it does cost money to fight the powers that be since the powers that be control the money. And it was, it was pretty gentle, I would say, and painless for the most part. And didn't, wasn't, they didn't beat us over the head. And the fundraising ask came after we had about what would you say 40 minutes of Q&A where there was like some people in the in the group of people who were there who who wanted to speak up like there was a man who was the head of the carpenters union and and had kind of recently retired and talked about how even sometimes jobs where there is a union it doesn't work out the best for the workers just because of the um, seeming impotence sometimes to get to get um, conditions at workplaces to be improved. And one, um, I can't remember, I can't remember, he said his name again the second time. Do you remember the name of the gentleman that stood up and said, they should add defund the police to the list of demands. No, I didn't catch his name. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what he said it was, but it was. It, and he made a very good. Um, he made a very good point that you know it could be added, and you know this is this is just the launch. There, it's being launched. I think in five cities: uh, Minneapolis. Boston, Seattle, here in the Bay Area. The it, interestingly, the Socialist Alternative chapter in the Bay Area is actually in Oakland, and not in Berkeley. So it just so happened it, that must have just been able they couldn't get a room in Oakland, maybe, because he said they normally meet in Oakland on Tuesdays. So I didn't even know there was a socialist alternative chapter in Oakland, but they're next door to each other, Oakland and Berkeley, in case you don't live in the Bay Area or aren't aware.
Um, there were a couple of other people that spoke up about, about one of them spoke up about talk, um, going in, to Amazon warehouses and talking to workers and actually finding out what's going on with them and being at looking forward to having this uh, w additional way to try and organize people. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here. So, so one of the things that, that Marianne said that I, I wrote down is she said she could, she can think of three ways that, that three ways that, um, three different, three different strategies that, that might be useful. One is, um, the, idea of common goal bargaining and the way that the way that she described common goal bargaining for anybody who might not know what common goal bargaining is it's like so so the the base level like your wages and benefits is like the bread and butter issues right then there's like the next level of benefits that are like kind of extras but the common good goals are things like uh, things that that the benefit accrues to not just the workers in the workplace, but actually to the community as a whole. So having having unions be aware of common goals that the community might have also builds support in the community for the union. So, for example, the teachers union could have as part of their bargaining that they want X school to be turned over to this such and such for as a community center as part of a campaign with the community to do that. Not just like saying to the community here, take this, but rather working with the community. So this is an, a, just a hypothetical example. But having that in the contract, then that binds the school to actually doing that thing that begins a community good. So that's a that's called common goal bargaining. And and the point of that is to build solidarity with the union, with people in the community. Oh, like the other example that she gave was the um, union of teachers of Los Angeles as part of their last bargaining they got um, a moratorium on any new charter schools being built in the district and some other uh, some other things that that accrued benefit to not just the people in the schools and their workplace but to the community as a whole So the second thing that she said was um, figuring out an electoral strategy that works. And she talked about working with candidates to get them onto school boards or, or other councils where they um, and have have candidates who have who are labor minded, who thinks of the workers first, like example, Shama Swant. Where, where she always put workers at, at the fore 
including um, only taking part of the salary that uh, city council people of Seattle get paid. She took the amount that was the median, I think, for the median income for Seattle. And and the remainder went to Socialist Alternative for their movement. So having others in on city councils and school boards making decisions about about unions and benefits, um, getting those people in and then staying in contact with them so so you can counter the pressures that come from being one of the people that has to make those decisions. And then the third thing that she said strategy would be general strike. And she mentioned um, in Argentina and Poland, they've had this general strikes and, and, and didn't go into much detail and and basically, I don't know if she said it or I just feel like I heard it, that workers strike back, that is one of the points of workers strike back is to build solidarity for eventually a general. Did you get that impression, Stupi, or is that in my imagination? Sorry, which impression? That, that that general strike if it you know workers strike back could be working toward a general strike like solidarity oh. to build solidarity for a general strike yeah definitely yeah that was one of the first things they brought up oh yeah so yeah so i didn't imagine it sometimes i when i have a hopeful thought like <laughs> that i just think i made it up <laughs> yeah they referenced that in wild kids in wild cat strikes a couple of times yeah um, did you want to add anything? Because I'm, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not covering everything they covered in an hour and a half. Um, no, I think you covered all the things. Um, I remember. Uh, I had, I just had some. I looked at their their newspaper that they they gave us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and some, something caught my eye, which which maybe we can discuss uh, at the yeah. end of the at the end of the show or do you want to do it now oh we can we can do it now so it's the socialist alternative newspaper thing they gave out right yeah uh yeah it's from uh it's the february 2023 issue number 90 that they gave out um well i i can i can uh should I bring up what I what I asked at the end privately? Yeah, yeah it, totally up to you. Share what you'd like. Okay, yeah, they, they took audience questions and I was a bit hesitant to raise my hand because, you know, it was a bit controversial and we live in the Bay Area where uh, masks and vaccines and stuff are pretty much uh, a religion. So I didn't want to bring up you know, my question, but, uh, privately after it ended, I, I talked to, uh, I forgot her name. I asked it when I, when I went to speak Aaron, to her. Aaron, Aaron. Okay. I went, she was a healthcare worker that was speaking at the beginning. And, um, I asked her, are, you know, is socialist alternative taking any kind of position on vax mandates for like healthcare workers? Because, you know, to me, that seems like a, a worker issue. And she said that they had, um, supported, they had supported a mandate for 
healthcare workers and teachers. And she, you know, she seemed to kind of know that, that it was based on bad initial sort of promises about how effective the vaccine was and everything else. But she kind of stood by it that, you know, we, we, we made the decision with the information we had at the time, which was that it was um, important, that it was necessary for, for, healthcare workers um, and teachers, but, but she said they didn't support a mandate for anyone else. And I said, okay, so for the people who lost their jobs due to the mandate um, or who are like, let's say vaccine injured and stuff like that, like, is there, you know, is there any kind of like solidarity with those people? And she didn't really have an answer for that. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I told her a bit about the, just my feelings about the, I told her, you know, I'm vaccinated. I, I chose to take it. I was hesitant, but I chose to take it because I had sort of trust in the, this wider medical world uh, living in Canada at the time where it wasn't so much of a profit motive. Um, so, but, but that, that uh, I understood why, for example, you know, the trucker protest was happening. I didn't think it should have been mandated. People, I didn't think their jobs should have been held over their heads if they don't get mandated. Uh, I mean, if they don't get vaccinated um, and that I think, you know, we need to stop avoiding this issue. It is a worker issue and it's not a left right issue. Um, and I just gave her some sort of, you know, my view as like, oh, it was smeared as a right wing issue, the vaccination. But um, but it is actually a worker issue that should be taken seriously. Uh, and she 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 got you know, she was, she did say we we do need to have some difficult conversations uh, et cetera. Amanda came in at that point as well. And, uh, yeah, and we talked about the bill, the bill in California that could strip doctors of their, uh, medical license if they prescribe something other than what's recommended, uh, for COVID, for example, or any other thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly what job Erin has in, in, uh, healthcare. I don't know if she's a doctor or a nurse or something else, but, uh, but she was listening. She was receptive. But yeah, definitely she was kind of deferring to socialist alternatives uh, sort of line on that, which was that, you know, we supported what we we supported the mandates based on what we knew at the time. So there's that. Uh, that wasn't I mean, I'm hoping they sort of evolve on that and they can add it, add some sort of advocacy. For, I, I, I did tell her about, you know, the plan for more vaccines for other diseases and more mandates that are coming down from the WHO that the federal government is just basically signing on to uh, and giving giving the right of way for the WHO to mandate uh, whatever they think is necessary for any new quote unquote pandemics. Um, and the whole time I was basically telling her, well, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, I'm not right wing, I'm not one of, but I'm just, you know, saying what I see. Uh, I think there's a creeping mandate thing. And I think if we don't uh, discuss it now, if we don't fight it now, it's it's gonna, it's just gonna be more and more mandates. And there's a profit motive here. They had uh, spoken, the other, the, the healthcare worker that spoke during the fundraising portion, she had mentioned Pfizer's uh, profits during the, during the, uh, the pandemic um, and how, you know, workers and people in general didn't get any, at least in the U.S., didn't have any kind of win in uh, universal health care. But, you know, Pfizer profited like crazy. So she was questioning that whole profit motive to begin with. Um, so that's it. That was my, that was my, I was listening for it. And I did not hear it. And I was a bit disappointed by her answer. But I'm hoping we can, I'm hoping I'll get to bring it up until somebody <laughs> changes their mind on it. But I'm not sure.
I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, so if I might, if I might make an observation, just having been on the planet a little while and watched people's um, brains start to wrap around that that the answer isn't what they thought the answer was, mm-hmm. the way that you presented it is in such a way that if she has a curiosity about it, she might look, go and look into it. But it was enough of an interest to keep her interest so that the next time she hears somebody else talking about it, she might perk up her ears more mm-hmm. and start paying more attention to what's being said. Mm-hmm. And, and, and could, because I know I've done this, my, I've, done, I've gone down this road myself and I know I'm not the only one because I see it happen because I was a teacher. I watch it happen all the time. Mm-hmm. The way that you presented it was so non-threatening, but clear and like not obviously not because you just had the, you weren't using the um, trigger words or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was trying so hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did good. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can. Um, she even, of... this is how you know you made some inroads. She even said something about how masks don't really, but then she stopped herself in the middle of the sentence. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? well, you saw a... that, right? <laughs> yeah. She she's said, she's on, she's on the road already. You helped her. I already. hope so. I think framing as a, as a worker issue is, is the most important thing, right? And not I, a, I, that was the perfect way to put it for her, for sure. Cool. Excellent well, job. Thank you. Thank you for, for, yeah, sometimes I'm not sure how I come across and I, I, I can be intense without meaning to be, but okay. I'm glad, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't at least too, no. oh, but you know me, so maybe. But, um, I, but no, you know what? She did not seem, it, she did not seem like you were too much for her. Okay, cool. She cool. seemed to be interested and engaged, and I don't want to use a cliche, but she did seem to be leaning forward and leaning okay. in to hear what you were saying, and oh, that's good. a positive thing. Okay, cool. I feel better now. All right. I am, But I'm still, you know, I kind of wish I had said you it. You may just- not have changed her mind. In fact, if you asked her right now, she would solidify her opinion where it is. Right. But the next time it comes up. But the she- next time it's going to push her a little bit this is the thing. That's how it happens. You know, I hope so. I hope because so. it's when you ask somebody to take a position themselves. Now I've taken a side. Now I have to defend that side, even if I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's a health worker. So, I mean, right. I'm not, I, no, I was, I think it was great. I was curious if she knew of any people, any healthcare workers who were affected by the mandates or who lost their jobs or who were injured. Um, but I didn't want to ask her that because it was going to. Yeah, that yeah. would have been that would have been too intense. Yeah. I think. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I played it well. Um, the you other, did. can I bring up the other thing yes. that caught my eye from this um, this publication? I, I just was flipping around trying to read it before your show, and I noticed their coverage of China zero zero COVID policy. Um, first of all, the other, the other articles in this, in this uh, newspaper all have an author, like a name. Uh, and this, this last bit, which is from the International Socialist Alternative, uh, which has this kind of own website that I saw here on the side. Uh, it doesn't have an author, but I was kind of struck by its language. It's, 
<laughs> first of all, it refers to uh, the the Communist Party as the CCP rather than the CPC. So that already gave me some kind of pause, like, oh, hmm. Okay, um, I'm a Jenny. Can you explain what you why that gave you pause? Uh, generally, anti-Communist Party. Uh, whether it's like YouTube videos or, or literature on it, like, um, or publications, they'll call it CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, the real name is the Communist Party of China. So for some reason, it just breaks down that when people are against it, they'll call it the CCP. And then when they're either neutral or for it, they'll call it the CPC. Thank you. So, I did not know that. That's helpful information for me. Yeah, I don't really know where it started from, how it how it got like this. But so the first thing that struck me was they referred it as the CCP. So that told me it was anti, it was going to be against the communist government. And then um, they, ref so they're talking about the sort of failure of the zero COVID policy and then how when they dropped it, now there's all this, uh, now there's this big outbreak of, um, of COVID that's been mismanaged. Um, and I noticed right away they referred to, Xi Jinping as dictator Xi Jinping. I was like, uh-oh, that's, <laughs> if I had any questions, you know, now I don't. Uh, and then uh, I noticed they also referred to it as a regime several times. So I just circled at the beginning of the show. I just kind of skimmed through and circled. And it looks like they referred to it as a dictatorship or him as a dictator or it, the CPC as a regime, 17 times in the article. Uh, and it's a pretty... Uh, there are several things that are really alarming. So I don't know. I feel like um, socialist alternatives, domestic uh, issues or like their domestic sort of uh, coverage is okay. It's good. Uh, I like what I hear, but this international stuff is alarming. Uh, I've only seen this one article because we just got the newspaper, but I was really alarmed by what they said. Uh, so 17 times they refer to it as a dictatorship or a regime. Uh, and then, and and then also they just generally all throughout they're calling it CCP. But then also uh, when they talk about uh, the vaccines, they are basically saying that China was trying to protect its own its own uh, vaccine industry uh, and is working on its own mRNA vaccines, uh, and that that is being quote unquote protectionist of, of of actually the pharma, I guess Chinese big pharma. And they were saying uh they turned down the Pfizer vaccine, which is more effective, blah blah blah. And they talked about the they talk about the profits of China's pharmaceutical sector being about a hundred and four billion US, but they do not list Pfizer or Moderna or the other uh, profit. So I found this super skewed and alarming. And it makes me kind of want to dig into generally, uh, I, I was going to just look at who the author is and where they work, but there is no author. So anyways, those are the two things. And otherwise, I loved everything, you know, they were saying all the right things, you know, power to the people and all that. Sorry to sorry to rain on. No, no, no. I, is it from the World Socialist website? Um, no, it says International Socialist Alternative. And then the website is internationalsocialist.net. And I, I quickly went over there that and looked. but struggling. I agree. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Um, they do constantly refer to it as communist, and then they seem to be putting socialism as the the uh, the alternative. Uh, they also talk about Paxlovid and uh, as if it's like a miracle drug, which here it's been debunked as a really bad one. So I don't know. You sh- uh, I should give this to you, and you can take a look at it next time. Yeah, you- yeah. I've and I've got the ones from the from the last thing. Yeah, I I I listen because I'm a glutton. I I there, I listen to three daily shows that are <laughs> that are um like kind of news current events related. One of them is like the Rick Smith show which is like establishment blue dog dem types mm-hmm. like that don't know any better dems. Yeah. And one that's uh, antiwar.com's podcast which is mostly leaning libertarian-ish and then I listen to the World Socialist website podcast which is um, ba- they basically pick a couple of the articles on the website to read for the for the show and I'll tell you uh, because I'm not so much glutton that I, I don't listen to them on single speed I listen to them most often, the Rick Smith, I'll listen on 1.5. On anti-war, usually I can get away with, like, 1.4. Mm-hmm. But, like, World Socialist website, I listen to <laughs> at, like, 1.8. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't even know what the article was really about because sometimes it's really... But but the thing that, that I really appreciate about the World Socialist website articles is almost always they end with, None of this shit I've just been writing about would even be happening if people would just, like, buy into socialism mm. and join the Socialist Party and the Fourth International. And, like, that's almost how all of them end, which you do have to kind of proselytize if you're going to grow your membership. Mm-hmm. And And they're not wrong when they say at the end of most of those articles, none of this would be happening, but that, but for capitalism and not socialism. Right. But I mean, there, I, 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 I feel like I get an interesting cross section by listening to that. Plus then all the like super left stuff that I normally like to listen to at regular speed. Yeah. Um, world, uh, that one, uh, the world's world socialist website, website. That's the, Tr- that's the Trotskyist one, right? I, it, yeah. maybe I, I'm really not, I'm not, I don't know my Trotskys from my, uh, Rudy says yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you for not making me seem stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall, I feel I, I think that the text that I sent sent Stoopy afterward is is pretty valid. I felt like it went well. It was interesting to see who was there, and I'm impatient to see what's coming next <laughs> and what this will grow into. Me too. I, I'm interested to know. I'm I I and and I. I <clears throat> We'll have to talk further about the about the international socialist alternative. If, if, <laughs> maybe I'll start going to the socialist alternative. Me-
Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll go on Tuesday if you want. Let me know. I just I just wanted to find out when they were so I could and 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 uh, he said it alternates between the Fruitvale Library and the Temescal Library. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, let me know when you're going and I'll go. Okay. So after after Stupi had the conversation with Aaron and I went around and I spoke to a few of the people that were around just to kind of, you know, put my eyeballs looking straight into their eyeballs so that they see me and and then the next time they see me they won't know me yet but at least they'll be like they kind of seem familiar oh I introduced myself to somebody who ran for city council in Berkeley in 2018 and 2020 and then couldn't get on the ballot in 2022 and he didn't explain further than that but he had a spectacular hat so he didn't need to they didn't need to that was a very, that was, a, the whole thing was just, it was good to be around people that are like wanting to do something. Might have been my favorite guy that made the two comments that he, he gave a $64,000 question right at the end, right at, when nobody was raising their hand during the Q&A, he piped up right near the end and said, the thing he said was about the, oh, why is it customary that, that we're supposed to give two weeks notice before we leave, but the employer can just fire us with no notice? How come that's a thing? Of course, there was no answer because yeah. it, it, there is no answer. Yeah, that was a great question. Right. And then the other question was. So what do I do with the person that likes the thing that I put up on social media about the, about the strike thing? So where, do, where can I send that person? What can I do with that person who liked that thing? Because we know they want to get involved. They liked that thing or they retweeted it or whatever it was. How do we get those people to actually come out? That's like the $100,000 question. Maybe be the $100 million question. How do you get people offline into the real world? It's not a bad question to be asking. Maybe we could make it like a game. Let's gamify it. We could gamify anything. Make it a competition. Okay, here's the challenge. Everybody this week to get your gold star, because it wouldn't have to be something valuable. People will compete over the silly things. You get your gold star if you go and introduce yourself to the person behind the counter at the closest retail location to your house. Like, simple. But connecting you to the community and maybe something you wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like it. So, you know, maybe it's the it's the goober challenge or something. But the point is, is that the workers strike back chapters that have already started and the 
the other ones that will be launching soon are going to be a place for people, whether they are in a union or not in a union, people who are workers who are not getting their pay or decent working conditions that they deserve, the tenants that need to fight back against landlords, illegally raising the rent. But who has money to hire a lawyer when your landlord illegally raises your rent? These are the things that that Workers Strike Back is is promising to address. Will they fix it? Might take a minute. But I'm excited about the possibilities, and I'm very glad that Stoopy was there to witness it, because I think there are some good possibilities to come. But they will happen in real life. Thanks for coming uh, with me and telling me about it in the first place. I would never, I would have missed it. I get the emails, but you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. But that's less, we're, 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 we're friends. That's what friends do for each other. Come on, come with me to this thing. Let's go to a meeting. <laughs> we must be grown-ups. <laughs> Get excited about going to a meeting. It is exciting, though. It was. Thanks for coming to Crowdsourcing Revolution. It is March 4th, 2023. I hope everybody has a great night.